message for you. This is FM 91. W-E-G-L-O-B-E-N. Now that might sound bad, I know, but there's really nothing to worry about. All right, good night. Hello, Friday Night listeners. My name is Vivek Miragula, and this is Real Talk, where we're always rolling. everybody uh welcome back to episode six of real talk an unexpected and unneeded journey a study of the hobbit trilogy is what we would be talking about if tomorrow wasn't a very special day for those who don't know tomorrow is april 1st and april 1st at least where we're recording out of here in the united states is known as april fool's day Now, on April Fool's Day, you often do pranks, or you often just have fun. So, on our Instagram page, Regal, er, RealTalk91.1, I stated, hey, we're gonna talk about the Hobbit movies. However, we're not talking about the Hobbit movies today, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I want to talk about a video game. Not just any video game. I want to talk about one of my favorite gaming experiences of all time that I've had Persona 5 Royal. To those who are friends with me are probably already groaning and realizing how annoying I'm going to be, but to those who have decided to stay because maybe they like real talk or maybe they just like Persona 5, thank you. In this section, in the first section, I will be talking about the intro of the game, uh, the characters that are introduced in the first dungeon, aka the palaces of the game, and exactly what Persona 5 Royal is and how, if you are so inclined to play it, how you could get it. Anyways, let's just enjoy the show and sit on back and grab a snack. So, what is Persona 5 Royal? Now, Persona 5 Royal is the re-release of Persona 5, a 2016 RPG that was made by Atlas and Sega, which is the fifth in the Persona series, henceforth the title Persona 5. Now, I want to make it very clear, you do not have to play any of the other Persona games to get into Persona 5. They sort of work like the Final Fantasy games or the Pokemon games. Um... They each game is its own standalone entry. There are Easter eggs and just like clip it. Like there is a character in Persona 4 who her whole deal is that she wants to become a model. And in Persona 5, there's a poster of her that has her as an adult and she's modeling. So it's it's small stuff like that. It's not like reoccurring characters. However, there is a reoccurring theme. Uh, And there is actually one character, however, in this game, he's actually slightly different than he is in the other four games, but I'll come back to him later. So, Persona 5 Royal is, like I said, a re-release. This essentially adds a new semester, as this game has a ti- as a timer and is based off of school years. So, you get about an additional, I want to say, five hours worth of content. Now, you might be saying, five hours as a gamer, that's not a lot. However, my first save of Persona 5 Royal, and just, just playing the game, doing basic RPG elements, took me 135 hours. This is a very long game. And you do need to have some patience. However, I do want to say the story is exceptional and you will love it. Now, what is Persona 5 about? Now, 
Persona 5, you play as a nameless protagonist. The protagonist is male, so this is not a Pokemon thing. Persona 3 Portable does have a male-female route. And the second half of Persona 2 had a female protagonist. However, many of the Persona games are male protagonists and are male-dominated. But Persona 5 Royal has you played as an unnamed male protagonist who was falsely accused of a, a crime he did not commit. And as such, he is sort of shepherded off from his little town to the big city of Tokyo. And in all the promotion and all the promotion on the trailers, you actually saw uh, Shib- Shibuya Square, which is one of the busiest walkways in the entirety of planet Earth. It is massive. It has Tokyo Tower. It's it's very gorgeous. But he shows up there and he sort of sees a vision of some sort of, of demonic an entity like looking at him. And then he he sort of has to stay in the attic of a family friend named Sojiro Sakura and he runs a small cafe. Now for the sake of just talking about the protagonist in the anime adaptation of this game, they call him Ren Amamiya. So that's what I will continue to call the protagonist. You can name the protagonist whatever you want. I have a friend, Will Mina. He plays, uh, he does dad rock on Thursdays uh, from 10 to 11 p.m. If you are so inclined to listen to him, he is amazing. But I have a friend named Will Mina. Um, his friend named his protagonist Donkey Kong. And so... You can call this dude whatever you want, but I'll just be calling him Ren for the sake of of the show. Ren sort of gets tangled up in a matter with another kid called Ryuji, who is my favorite character, and a girl called An, who is sort of being creeped on by this particular character called Kamoshida. Now, Kamoshida, he used to be an Olympic uh, volleyball champion. Now he's teaching volleyball at a high school. And if you've ever gotten creepy vibes from a PE teacher, yeah, that's what Kamoshida is. So on their way to school, Ren has this sort of mysterious app on his phone that he's been trying to get rid of for the past few days. And some stuff happens, and the school turns into a castle, and then Ren unlocks a superpower known as the Persona, which in this game is the manifestation of one's rebellion. Now, each Persona game has different themes to their Persona. So Persona 1 and Persona 2 had Greek god themes. Uh, Persona 3 continued that Greek god theme. Uh, The Persona 3 protagonist, his Persona was Orpheus, and that evolved into uh, Thanatos, the Greek god of of death. And Orpheus, of course, is from the amazing Greek story of Orpheus and his girlfriend. Uh, For those who've seen the Broadway play Hades Town, that sort of adapts that too. Persona 4 leans more into Japanese gods, so uh, the Persona 4 protagonist, his persona is known as Izanagi, and that's sort of a Japanese god who essentially his thing is that his wife said he they would kill uh, a thousand people a day, so Izanagi says, I will refute that by bringing, you know, 1,500 people to life every day. And so for Persona 5, their theme is sort of rebellious trickers just throughout fiction and real life. So Ren's persona is Arsene Lupin. And for those who don't know, Arsene Lupin is a French character. And essentially, he is Robin Hood. He's the he's the Robin Hood modernized. So he's sort of this like rich, aristocratic sort of guy. But he only ever steals from people he believes are, are like taking away from the innocent. So he's a very definition of an anti-hero. And he actually had a rivalry with um, Sherlock Holmes in uh, his novels, so that's very interesting. But Ren sort of gets his persona 
and Arsene is what the persona is called. So each persona and each uh, each person have like different personalities. So Arsene sort of talks to the and he's like, "Hey, you know, I'll give you my power because you have this rebellion in you, and you go help people." And essentially, the rest of the game is Ren establishes this group with Ryujin on, and this cat he finds called um, Morgana. The cat's called Morgana, but they establish this group called the Phantom Thieves. Essentially, what they do is they enter a person's consciousness by saying the name of the person, uh, the place that's that they're trying to enter or that's sort of important to them, and a keyword. So a keyword is usually related to the crime that that person committed or something important to them. And then they enter that person's consciousness and do what's called stealing their heart by taking away sort of like a treasure. So, for example, Kamoshida, uh, he sees the school as his castle, as his dominion, and he sees himself as a king. So the Phantom Thieves steal his crown, and in real life, when they come back, they notice that his crown is actually an Olympic gold medal. So Kamoshida had been holding on to this Olympic medal for his entire life, and he had dedicated himself to volleyball. And he just he just never got over it, and so I think the storyline of Persona Five, and especially in Royal, the third semester, which I'll get into uh, later in the show, is so interesting because it sort of adds a lot of depth that not a lot of games cover. Now the Persona series is known heavily, heavily for their amazing stories. Uh, now you might be saying, oh, you know, that might be sort of hard to wrap your head around, especially since Ren is a nameless protagonist. However, the game gives Ren enough of a, a personality, I think, to where you could sort of imply some certain things. As such, Ren, first of all, has the the will of rebellion. So that already tells us that, okay, this is a kid who is willing to put his li- life on the line for others, and he's willing to help others, and he's not exactly just, like, just doing this because he's bored or because he has no personality. No, he's willing to go out of his way to help people. And I think another really important thing about that is sort of the supporting cast surrounding him. So uh, the two main characters that you meet, and I, I call them like the original trio, is Ren, who is the protagonist character, Ryuji, and On. So Ryuji is my favorite character in the entire game, and essentially uh, he never had a father growing up. Or his father sort of was a deadbeat and... You know, he would often incite violence, and so Ryuji sort of has anger issues towards that. And so he would often, um, you know, do do all this stuff, and and Ryuji is terrified of becoming like his father. That's that's essentially his thing. And so when Kamoshida essentially goads Ryuji into attacking him, uh, Ryuji sort of snaps and... He tries to attack Kamoshida because Kamoshida's saying all this stuff about, like, oh, you don't have a dad, or you're like, oh, your mom's all alone, or you're a failure, and stuff like that. Uh, Kamoshida breaks Ryuji's leg. And and because the school really wants to keep Kamoshida, because he's an Olympic volleyball player, and they want him for their volleyball team, Ryuji is sort of outcast. And you can sort of see this by um, Ryuji's hair. So Ryuji is a blonde in the game. and However, he is of Japanese descent, and... A lot of Asians do have naturally b- black hair, and it's stated throughout the game that Ryuji dyes his hair. Now, what's funny about this is that An is also blonde. However, if you see their character sprites, their character models, Ryuji's blonde is a very, very, like, yellowish. A lot of people do compare it to Naruto from Naruto, um, the show. If you've seen sort of, like, 
I guess part one Naruto is a very bright like I'm talking about like McDonald's logo yellow and compared to Ons blonde which is more of like a cream color is the best I could describe it like she very much is blonde but Ryuji's is very much I like cheap hair dye uh, yellow and I think that's really interesting because Ryuji sort of does want to stand out and he does and so his uh persona is captain kid who is a pirate and so he sort of accepts that part of himself and he's like yes i am a troublemaker and if i'm going to be a troublemaker i'm going to be the loudest troublemaker you've ever seen in your life so i really really loved uh ryuji and he sort of fills in the best friend role for ren so there's a lot of parts where it's just uh ren and ryuji and they're just like hanging out and they're like best buddies and I, I really like their dynamic together, and it's just amazing. And then the um, the other character I want to talk about in this segment was uh, An. And so An, essentially, she's she's a, a, a model, and she's also the daughter, I believe it's implied, she's like half American, half Japanese. So she has blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's, and she's living in Japan, and so she's, she's been a model for a while. And so she's being creeped on by uh, Kamoshida. And there's this section where one where Kamoshida is essentially telling On, like, hey, you should, like, come to school, like, after school. And On's like, no, I have stuff. And then the next day, um, her friend, Shiho, um, essentially, I, I'm really trying to censor myself because I am live on air, but she sort of puts herself in a situation where she needs medical care, I think is the best way to describe it. Um, she is forced to go to the hospital because of that. And and An is like, if I had just doubled down and, and accepted um, whatever Kamoshida wanted, maybe my friend would be safe. And I think that's really noble of her in this sort of like a messed up way. And so uh, she ends up following Ren and Ryuji into the castle um, and she and she sees firsthand because the the distorted castle has like distorted people as well. So uh, she sees what Kamashita thinks of her, and Kamashita's version of her is like this like sort of airhead like ditzy girl who can't think for herself. She's she's dressed very scandalously. Um, I think like trashy would be the best way to really describe it. And immediately on just loses it. She's like, this is not who I am. You can't make me become this this person. And so. Her persona is Carmen, and essentially Carmen was a woman from a book, and her entire thing is submission. Like, her persona has one knee constantly on top of, like, a body that's implied to be, like, a guy because he has, like, a suit on, and I think that was was really cool. Uh, So the main three are on uh, Ren and then, of course, Ryuji, but the, the fourth member and the final character we'll talk about in this segment is Morgana. And so Morgana is a talking cat who says that they're not a talking cat. And so there's a, a sort of an inherently comedic aspect to that. Um, he becomes a a real cat in our world. So he can like he can talk to the player. And the player can understand what he says, but no one else can hear him. They just think it's meows. And in the in the metaverse, or the other world is what they call it. Uh, well, no, they call it the metaverse. It's sort of the other world they transformed into to get their uh, personas. Uh, he becomes sort of this anthropomorphic cat figure, and he's sort of the mascot 
of Persona 5, if you pick up the box and you see the, the cat thing, yeah, that's Morgana. And so his persona is Zoro, and his entire thing is that he has amnesia. He doesn't know if he's actually a real cat. So you sort of have this thing as like, oh, is Morgana actually helping them because he cares about them, or is he helping them because he wants to figure out who he is? And so you sort of have this really nice dynamic for the um, the first the first dungeon, or what they're called, palaces, the first palace of the game, where Morgana, Ren, Ryuji, and On go to take down Kamoshida, and it's it's great. And, you know, it's very long. Um, it took me 15 hours to beat the first palace, and I thought, man, that's a great game. And Persona 5 Royal has, like, eight palaces. But what's not going to be really long is this PSA break. So right after we come back from this PSA break, I'm going to be talking about the second character, or the second batch of Persona 5, the characters Yusuke, Makoto, and Futaba, as well as we're getting into some gameplay, and why on earth this is one of my favorite games of all time, and you can only find this that discussion right here on Real Talk. Alright everybody, welcome back to segment 2 of episode 6 of Real Talk, You'll Never See It Coming, a study of Persona 5 Royal. So in this segment of the show, we will be talking about the second characters, uh, Yusuke, Makoto, and Futaba, as well as some gameplay aspects of Persona 5 Royal, as well as why this is one of my favorite games of all time. And you can only find that conversation right here on Real Talk. So let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about Yusuke. So as I said previously, Persona 5 Royal's main palace contains characters called Ren, Ryuji, On, and Morgana. However, the second palace introduces a new character called Yusuke. And now, so gameplay-wise, this sort of changes uh, the the game entirely because now Persona is a turn-based RPG. And for those who want to ask, what's a turn-based RPG? If you've ever played Pokemon, you have played a turn-based RPG. Now, you can only ever have four people on the sort of field at one time. So with Yusuke being added, that's five. So you essentially have to choose who you want to have on the back burner. Now, a lot of people will choose on it for the scenario. I would agree with that assumption. But again, that's up to you. But Yusuke as a character is very interesting. As unlike the other characters who are able to constantly meet due to them going to the same high school, Yusuke goes to a different high school. And not only does he go to a different high school, he's also a very distinct character. See, Yusuke's whole ordeal is that he's an orphan that's been adopted by the famous painter Madarame, and Madarame essentially steals the paintings of his pupils, passes them off as their own. He passes it off as his own, and so... They essentially go hungry, and so Yusuke, his whole ordeal is that he's never had money, and he always spends it on frivolous stuff, and he constantly wants money, and he also hasn't eaten in a lot of time. So he, he'll often say, like, oh, I haven't eaten, oh, I don't have a place to stay, and so it turns out that Madarame is, like, fakes, and he's doing all this nasty stuff, and Yusuke's just trying to defend him because he doesn't believe it's true. He doesn't want to believe it's true because you have to remember... Uh, Yusuke doesn't have a mom or a dad. He's an orphan, and so he sort of plants everything into his parental figure of Madarame, and he's like, this is the man who 
raised me. This is the man who will protect me. And so when that turns out not to be true, it really sort of breaks Yusuke. And it, it's it's a sorry, it's not a sorry to, to seem like this, but it's also the truth. And I think that's another aspect of Persona 5, uh, seeing the truth and how that impacts people. Because it's something that I think a lot of people realize that when you have to convince somebody that their way of thinking is wrong or that their reality is wrong, that's not easy. Like, that's not fun. And so the Phantom Thieves in that sort of scenario, they're never like, oh, Yusuke, you know, you were like a, a doofus or like, oh, I can't believe you, you didn't think of it like this or I can't believe you didn't know that Monorame was evil. No, um, they're always like, I'm sorry about this, man, but we you know we have to do this. You know, we have to make sure that people are safe. We have to make sure people are protected. And when, so when Yusuke uh, joins the the group, as, when he wakes his own persona, it's really satisfying to see. But I think one of, I probably the most popular character in all of Persona 5 is uh, Makoto. Now, there is another reason why Makoto is popular, but we'll get into that a bit later. Right now, we're just going to talk about story-wise. Makoto is the younger sister of Sai Nijima. Now, Sai Nijima is a high-class lawyer who has been working with her partner, Goro, Goro Akechi. Um, it's a hard name to pronounce, Goro Akechi, uh, to sort of track down the Phantom Thieves. As the Phantom Thieves, as the Phantom Thieves have been on the news, and they're sort of big, and so there's this top-notch uh, lawyer and detective trying to catch them. And so Makoto's whole ordeal is that she figures out who the Phantom Thieves are, and she wants to uh, use them to help them stop this sort of Yakuza boss. And it is it is a jump because you go from this volleyball coach to this high-profile artist to, like, a whole Yakuza boss. And it, it becomes crazy because, like, Kanashi, uh, the, the Yakuza boss is named Kaneshiro. And Kaneshiro's palace is this massive bank because he sees, like, the entirety of the city as his ATM and sort of it's it's terrifying and so Makoto awakens her own persona and you sort of have this um this new dynamic with Makoto because she, this is the daughter this is the the younger sister of the person trying to catch the phantom thieves and it it becomes really tense because Makoto has been is very high strung uh she sort of has this idea that you know, the law always works, and the law has is never wrong. You know, Makoto wants to be a, p a police officer, and it's, it's, it's always this stuff. And when the fantasy show her that she's wrong, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking to to her. And it's like her reality is crumbling. And like I said, as I touched upon with uh, Yusuke's character, the Phantom Thieves never sort of relish in this fact that they're they're destroying the reality for someone else. They're always like... I'm I'm sorry this is happening, but you know you have to see the truth. And so when Makoto joins the group, she adds something to the team that they didn't have before, which is someone with like a brain. And so the previous Phantom Thieves aren't stupid, but it's actually putting on the scene. They never really planned out their heists. Like they sort of planned out like the ending of the second one, but by the third one they sort of have a game plan, and uh, Ren becomes a much better leader, and um. It's, it's just sort of becomes this whole ordeal to where, you know, Makoto, Makoto adds so much to the team 
and she's sort of like you can see her like helping them with their homework off of the you know off of the field and you can see her like taking her time with um a lot of the characters you know just like sit down and talk to them and make sure they're all okay and it's it sort of becomes this they become a lot more tight-knit and i think you know you have like the the two girls and then you have like three guys and then like a cat and it becomes this sort of like juggling act because now because now you have six characters you can play with and i think if persona 5 had just stopped adding characters after makoto me personally i wouldn't have been mad but like i said there is one more character and this is probably the most interesting one so persona 5 works on a time uh, scale it's not one-to-one -one, but essentially you do activities or you can go do palaces or you can do this this that that and that takes like a day or two days or whatever and essentially you start in april uh you start your game in april and so you sort of play through up until may and then you have summer break and so during summer break you figure out that sojo sakura the guy who is helping you and is taking care of you at the cafe he has a secret daughter now, it's not his daughter per se, but you figure out that there's this government organization that's sort of trying to use the uh, ability of taking over people's minds as there's been this sort of background plot of people's minds being taken over and they don't even know it. Um, and so that sort of pops up. And so you figure out that Sojiro's daughter um, is this girl named Futaba, and she essentially has seen her mother throw herself in front of a car Mom had no previous statements or, like, reasons why, but everyone there at the social worker service was like, no, Futaba, it was your fault. You're the reason your mother did this to herself. And so Futaba essentially, you know, she's she's uh, she's become this, this Japanese term called a, a hikamori, which is essentially someone who's, like, locked themselves in their room, and she doesn't come out, and she only speaks to, like, pop culture references, and it's this whole ordeal and so the Phantom Thieves have to sort of, like, drag her out. And so her castle is this giant pyramid that's like a tomb. And she thinks she's going to be stuck there for the rest of her life. And it's really, really disheartening because Futaba is the youngest uh, character in the game. She's about 15, 16-ish. And the characters are like, you know, no girl this young should feel so bad about herself. So... She, she does go out of her, so the friends needs to go out of her way to help her. And what Futaba brings is that she is an expert hacker. When I mean, like, expert hacker, uh, there's this one sort of hacking group called Medjed, which is just Futaba. Like, she just started, and she would just hack into, like, government organizations because she was bored. Um, and so Futaba comes back, and uh, she, she just help the phantom thieves you know gameplay wise do like buffs debuffs and whatever but you know she's incredibly uh she's incredibly unique when it comes to persona characters because she's not on the field you can't play as her per se and then you also can't control her actions either so you like you can kind of give your team like buffs and debuffs but those are through items futaba will randomly whenever she decides to give you buffs or debuffs, and that's, I think that's really interesting, um, I do wish there was a way to control her gameplay-wise, but I think it is interesting the way that she's, uh, portrayed, and so, when these three characters come in, it's, you know, it's three guys, three girls, and a cat, and this truly, you know, by the time this story has hit, there's a scene after Futaba is 
sort of initiated into the team where they all go out to the beach and they're just hanging out and they all talk about the future. And, you know, if, if Persona 5 were a TV show, I would say this is the end of, like, season one or, like, this is the end of part one. Everything past this point in the game ramps up incredibly. So, you know, if if you are convinced, you know, right now, if you are convinced, okay, I want to play Persona 5 or I want to play Persona 5 Royal, I just want to say to any audience members listening out there, uh, if you are so inclined to purchase this game, it is on every major game console. It is on a PS4, you can get on PS5, you can get on Switch, you can get on, like, all the Xboxes. It is part of the Microsoft Game Pass. If you are so inclined to play this game, please purchase Persona 5 Royal. Persona 5, the base game, you can find it for very cheap. You can find it for $5, but that is only for the PS3 and the PS4, and not only that, I do not believe it is the the best version of the game. If you are so inclined to buy Persona 5, please buy Persona 5 Royal and please enjoy yourself. However, if you wish to continue and stick with my conversation about the game, if you want to continue to hear me talk about that game, we will be right back after this PSA break. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be right back with this PSA break. everybody welcome back to segment three of episode six of real talk you'll never see it coming a study of persona 5 royal so i just wanted to talk in this segment about the probably the two most the most and the least important character in this game haru okumura and then goro akechi and then on top of that i will go into the gameplay aspects of persona 5 royal and then in our fourth segment, we will talk about the excellent third semester. You can find that conversation only right here on Real Talk. So, the fifth palace of Persona 5 is sort of the weakest aspect. And because of that, uh, like I said before, they sort of have built up this mini rivalry is the best word I can use to describe it. Because it's not really a rivalry. It's essentially, Ryuji and Morgana have been bickering this entire game. And... And right before the fifth palace, um, Morgana feels like he's not needed anymore because uh, they needed Morgana for seeing through the palaces and then uh, technical know-how. Futaba has technical know-how, and Makoto can see through the palaces and create strategies. So he Morgana feels like he's sort of useless. Now, Ryuji does, I guess, like one too many insults, which is weird because Morgana will call Ryuji so many names, and then Ryuji will just call Morgana stupid, and that's... That's the breaking point, apparently. And so Morgana runs off, and there is a solid, like, week in-game where you can't do anything. Like, like Ren will come home, and instead of being able to, like, go out and do stuff, Ren will just be like, man, I'm worried about Morgana. And you just think to yourself, dude, what? Like, you, you have a life. Um, like, okay. And so, so you're sort of forced to sit and experience this like the most monotonous the most boring stuff ever and it's just like 
why, but, you know, you, you gotta kind of just have to do what you have to do. So, you know, um, Morgana runs away, and he runs to this girl called Haru Okumura. And so Haru is the daughter of, you know, this big, big conglomerate of, of Okumura Foods, and they own these restaurants called Bing Bang Burgers, which are not McDonald's. They're definitely not McDonald's. They just wear orange and red, and they serve fast food, but they're not McDonald's. So, you remember, keep that in mind. They're not McDonald's. But, uh, so not McDonald's has apparently been abusing its workers and giving them, like, unfair uh, prices and just, like, not paying them, like, overworking them as, like, robots. And so uh, Okumura's castle is essentially, like, a robot factory. And so Haru half awakens a persona. And this has never happened in any game before or since. She half awakens her persona, and so when you awaken your persona, you get two things. You get your persona and you get your outfit. So she awakens her outfit, but she doesn't awaken her persona. And so the Phantom Thieves meet up with her, and essentially everyone's like, okay, Morgana, uh, whatever, dude, you can be in the Phantom Thieves again. Just don't be annoying. Uh, you sh too, uh, girl we just met. And, you know, that... And you can't even play as Haru for the longest time because, like, everyone's like, oh, you're too weak. You haven't awakened your persona yet. Which is weird because she has her Phantom Thief outfit. So I get the idea that maybe she was cut from other stuff or maybe she was supposed to come earlier in the game. Uh, but uh, all right. And so they, they take uh, Haru's just thing. And then so Haru has a sort of a fiancé and it's, it's an arranged marriage. And he's incredibly abusive, and he's incredibly, like, misogynistic or whatever. You know, he's, he's the type of dude to be, like, women should stay and, like, wash dishes or whatever. Which, like, nobody in the 21st century, you know, should agree with. It's, it's a very cliche character, even by persona standards. And so Haru then awakens to her persona, and we can play the game. Now, the reason I'm ragging on Haru so much is because I think Haru has a very unique position compared to the rest of the phantom thieves haru comes from a place of privilege and then she learns that that privilege is not um good you know she is sort of this character who is like i know that the world is gray but she doesn't realize how much you know darkness is in that grayness she doesn't realize how, how little hope there really is and i think what would have been much more interesting was to have sort of haru play the akechi role or haru play the you know even the makoto role where she is against the Phantom Thieves before she turns on her father. Because she very much wants to be part of the Phantom Thieves, like, the moment she meets them. And I think that's incredibly weird and incredibly, like... I don't want to say forced, because the Phantom Thieves do recruit people like they're candy. But in Haru, it just felt like there was, there was like, a quota they had to meet or something, and there was more than enough characters. But, you know, at, at this point, um, it was just like, all right, you know, let's let's get this girl on... Uh, you know, the team so that she could just be in the game, you know, right now. And so I I do feel bad because I'm, I like Haru. I think she has the best female uh, character design and the best female, like, character outfit design in the game. Uh, I think her Phantom Thief outfit is the best out of the girls. Uh, I think, you know, her persona is very cool. I think her, you know, her battle item being an axe is very cool. I, I like everything that is surface level about her, but I don't like her as a character, and I think that's incredibly detrimental to Haru as a character. And so I think if Haru just had a little bit more time in the oven, or if they just spent a little bit more time on working this character, she could have been better. 
However, let's talk about probably the biggest character that came out of Persona 5 Royal. Now, the, now I'm going to talk about Goro Akechi. Now, to understand how big Goro Akechi is, is that recently, you know, in 2023, Japan uh, did a popularity poll contest. And so the top three characters, or in third place was Makoto. We'll talk about why Makoto is so popular later. And the second was Ren, and this makes sense. Ren's the main character. He's in all the marketing. He's, he's very cool looking. Um, and the first was Akechi. Akechi is the most popular Persona 5 character. He is massive. If, if Akechi had been brought to Smash Brothers instead of uh, Joker, aka Ren, uh, you know, they're Phantom Thieves, they have Phantom Thieves names, so Ren is Joker. Uh, but if he had been brought to Smash Brothers instead of Ren, I don't think anyone would have complained. Akechi is massively, massively, massively popular. And the reason for that is that Akechi, you know, I do want to say if you want to play Persona 5 Royal, please click off. The, the discussion now, I'm so happy f- for you for listening, but massive spoilers right now. If Akechi, you know, the reason why Akechi is so popular is that Akechi is a bad guy. He is, not only is he the son of the guy who made Ren go away from his, like, his town, he is the guy that the Phantom Thieves are trying to catch. So in the second palace... There is a black mask, and essentially it's someone who's saying they're using the Phantom Thief's power, but instead of letting the shadows uh, grow and change, he's just straight up, like, taking them out. He is, he's, he's killing them. And so, uh, and so essentially, Akechi, throughout the whole game, you know, he's his detective, and he sort of, he sort of has a Makoto moment, where he figures out the group is the Phantom Thieves, and he says, listen... I think Sai Nijima has a palace, and everyone in, in the Phantom Thieves are like, there's no way Sai would have a palace. She's not like that. But Sai does have a palace, and, you know, it breaks Makoto's heart, and Akechi's like, you know, help me steal Sai's treasure, help me steal Sai's heart, and this is the last thing that you guys will ever be able to do. And everyone in the Phantom Thieves just does not want to do this. They don't want to work with Akechi. They don't like him. They don't want to do anything. And and everybody's just, like, fed up with this this guy. But Akechi goes, and so when Akechi shows up, he's in this very, like, regal outfit. It's very, it's this, like, sort of, like, white, um, I don't want to say dress, but it's, like, this, like, white tuxedo-ish kind of thing with, like, hints of, like, gold and, like, orange. And, you know, in, in the game and, and outside, he's called the, the Prince Akechi. You know, he is, you know, his persona is Robin Hood. And, you know, that is the quintessential... Uh, like rebel, so Akechi has built up this heroic status for himself. And Robin Hood is based off of comic book characters. You know, he has this giant R and H on his chest. You know, he's very like, he's he's like he's built like a barrel. You know, he's very Superman-ish. You know, he's very Green Arrow-ish. He has this giant arrow that he pulls back. He uses the light affinity. There are affinities in Persona. He is the light affinity. You know, Akechi has built himself up as a hero. And then it turns out that Akechi was the traitor, that he had been setting the Phantom Thieves up, and that, you know, when the police are called, uh, and they sort of try to, you know, get Ren, you know, when they, when they capture Ren, you know, uh, they, they, they kidnap Ren, and they're like, okay, you know, what, what is all this, you know, how is he doing this? 
you know, none of this makes sense. It turns out, you know, that the, the true, true twist is that the Phantom Thieves knew that Akechi would betray them. And so they had concocted a plan to work around the fact that Akechi was the traitor. And when I saw that for the first time, I lost my mind. Like, I, I couldn't believe what I had been seeing because you sort of have the whammy of like, okay, Akechi is the traitor. No, Akechi's not the traitor. Um, of these knew that he was the traitor. And it's just like, I, I, I don't even know how you write a plot twist like that, you know? And Akechi very easily, like, it's set up early on that there's this dude called the Black Mask and that the Fendings might have a traitor. Everyone's like, yeah, it's it's obviously Akechi, you know? But it's just amazing, I think, the character work that went into Akechi. And sort of Akechi becomes the Black Mask. He becomes, like, this evil version of Akechi, you know, and, and his persona becomes Loki, essentially. And what happens is you fight Akechi in the, the Seventh Palace, and Akechi loses his life protecting the Phantom Thieves. He he sees sort of the the Seventh Palace owner is his father, Masayoshi Shido, who's this he's running for prime minister of Japan, and he's sort of the big bad of of the game because he's the one who got Ren like he got he got Ren indicated into prison. He he pushed Ren off. And so Akechi sees what Sh- Shido sees of him, just sort of this like puppet. And Ren is like, okay. Or sorry, Akechi's sort of like, okay. I'm I'm not standing for this. I can't do that. That's not me. You know, I'm going to stop this guy. And so Akechi loses his life in the process. And it's just beautiful. I think it's this amazing character arc where you see this sort of like dude who wishes to be a hero fully commit to being a hero. And it's just amazing. And, you know, if, if you were going to play Persona 5 for, for one reason, for one character, you know, even if he's not my personal favorite, he's a lot of my friends' favorite, he's a lot of the Persona community's favorite, if you were going to play Persona 5, play it for Goro Akechi. Now, there's one more thing I want to play. And that is this PSA break. So, after this PSA break... We will go into the final segment of the show, as well as the final segment of the game, the third semester, all the changes that Royal adds, as well as why you should care so much about this game. And you can have that conversation only right here on Real Talk. everybody welcome back to the final segment of episode 6 of real talk you'll never see it coming a study of persona 5 royal for those just tuning in welcome and for those who have been listening to the entire episode thank you as well now we will be talking about the final segment now we will be talking about the final segment of persona 5 royal and then also why it matters so much, as well as what this 
can mean for the future of the Persona series. And you can find that conversation only right here on Real Talk. So let's get into it. So like I said at the very beginning of the show, Persona 5 Royal sort of is a re-release, but it also adds new quality of life features to the game, as well as new uh, characters. And so there are two main characters that the game was advertised on. One of them was a new Phantom Thief called Kasumi Yoshizawa. And essentially, her whole thing is that she's kind of um, a deconstruction of the trope known as the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And that's a very long trope name, but essentially what it is is, have you ever watched a show or seen, especially this happens a lot in anime, but have you ever seen a show where the dude is a plank of wood and he's just boring and there's nothing interesting to him and he has no personality and he's the most boring guy you've ever met and then this girl has like super magical powers and she's so interesting and she has like colored hair usually and she's this like amazing person and she decides, hey, let me spend the rest of my life tied to plank of wood man over here and they get happily married. That is the manic pixie dream girl is a stand-in usually created by dudes who have never ever 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 spoken to a woman in their lives now you might be saying vivek you're kind of harsh on this trope and i am harsh on this trope because it's a very terrible trope and you have to stop doing it and the only time i've ever seen manic pixie dream girl done correctly is in scott pilgrim when they realize that hey maybe the girl who's gonna fall in love with a dude who's a plank of wood is probably just as bad as the dude who is a literal plank of wood and that's the only time I've seen it done correctly. Now, Persona 5 Royal sort of skirts around this uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope by showcasing the powers of the second new character, Dr. Maruki. Now, Dr. Maruki is a therapist. And while it is sort of funny to have the joke of, hey, the Phantom Thieves need a therapist, Dr. Maruki is the worst therapist known to man. Not because he's a bad person, but because Dr. Maruki himself has his own persona. And his persona's powers are that he can rewrite reality. And essentially so, what happened is Dr. Markey's girlfriend had a home invasion, and she was essentially traumatized. And when he used his persona's powers to erase her pain, that also included the fact that her home was bought between her and Markey, so she forgot Markey even existed. Markey then realized that he had the power to make pain go away, and he wanted to do it no matter the cost. So Markey's essential idea is that the world doesn't need pain. Because without pain, you won't get hurt. And the Phantom Thieves have grown through pain. Pain is their progress. You know, Ryuji's broken legs on on what happened between her and Kamushita, Makoto and her sister. You know, Futaba being bullied, Yusuke and Madarame. You know, Haru and her fiance, as well as her father, Akechi and his father, Ren and Shido. All these characters grew together because of their mutual pain. And essentially, you know... You know, Marky is like, you don't need pain to grow because you don't need to grow. Because in a paradise, you wouldn't need to grow. So Marky essentially creates his own version of paradise. And he starts that off with Kasumi. Now, Kasumi, you know, the plot twist is that she's actually the younger sister of Kasumi. Her name is Sumire. Now, both of them did gymnastics. And Kasumi was just so much better than Sumire. And what happened one day is that Sumire runs out, tries to get in front of this car. Kasumi shoves her out of the way, but she is hit, and Kasumi is killed. And Sumire has this immense amount of guilt, and Maruki erases Sumire's pain 
by making her believe that she is Kasumi. And essentially, this girl has just been living a lie. And, you know, when she figures out who she actually is, she does join the Phantom Thieves. And what happens is, Margie's plan works. He essentially creates the world into a paradise. And this brings back Goro Okechi. Now, Akechi had sacrificed himself before, as we had spoken in the previous segment. And Akechi is very mad at the fact that he is alive. Not because, you know, he he regrets being alive, but he's sort of like, I, I had my bookend, and I'm not alive because I am alive. I am alive because, you know, Ren, you know, you just see me as a regret. That's not what I want. You know, I want to go out on my own terms. And Ren has multiple dialogue choices, and he's like, I don't want Akechi to be dead. I don't want that sort of blood on my hands. And Akechi essentially goes, hey, listen, you know, you have to man up. You have to realize this is the real world, you know, and sometimes you just got to let things go. And so it it's just this beautiful story of the Phantom Thieves going against the guy who has been helping them this entire game. You know, Marky has had an impact on so many of these characters and helping them through their trauma and you know it starts off with this giant you know the final boss is this giant fight against Marquis and his this he sort of has this like golden uh kingly form and that just dissolves and the phantom thieves lose their powers and by the end ren and Marquis are standing on this just figure of glass and they're just throwing haymakers and they're just throwing punches you know and and billy kamitz the uh the English voice actor from Marky, he is screaming his heart out, and he is doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job at playing this this character, this tragic, heartbroken character. And he's just yelling, you know, I did everything to to make pain go away. Why would you ever stop me? And Ren, as a silent protagonist, he can't say anything. But he doesn't have to because we know why pain is so important. We've played about 130 hours, you know, 90 hours, you know, all like however many hours you played up to this point. You've seen the journey of these characters. You understand how important it is for people to go through pain, to come through pain, to, you know, acknowledge themselves. And, and you see all that. And it's, it, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. And I think, you know, if you are going to get any message out of Persona 5 Royal, that's the message I'd, I'd want any, anybody to take out of it, which is essentially, you know, life is not easy. Life is very painful. Life is terrifying. Life is scary. You know, but life is also beautiful. Life can help you meet people you never th- thought you'd be friends with, you know? Um... Life is just life, you know? You can't describe life, really. You know, I've said it's beautiful, but I've said it's also painful. So, you know, those are contradictory, and and that's what life is. Life is contradictory. You know, some people have amazing lives. Some people have terrible lives. That's just how humanity works, and it's it's never anybody's job to, to play ruler, to play king, or to play god. The only thing you should ever do with your life is just, you know, move forward. If you get knocked down, get up. Because that's the only thing you as a human being can do. 
You know, you can't change the past, you know, and, and maybe your present isn't that great. And maybe you don't know what your future is going to look like, but you can keep walking. You can keep moving forward. And I think that's what Persona 5 really is about. It's just about moving forward. It's about meeting people. It's about loving people. It's about helping people move forward so that they can help you move forward. And, you know, at the end of the day, even after everything Maruki does, you know, Ren never hates him. None of the Phantom Thieves ever hate him. You know, they're, they are excited to, to see him working as just a taxi driver. So, you know, they don't, they don't feel any malice about it. And I think that's just so beautiful and so amazing. It's an amazing bookend to this, you know, amazing, amazing game. And I think... You know, that's the one message I would have people take away from this. You know, life is beautiful. It's also painful, but that's just life. Now, I do want to touch upon what this means for the future of the Persona series before I sign off tonight. Uh, the main Persona writer who had been writing 3, 4, and 5 had decided to leave Atlas not out of malice, but simply because, you know, he felt that his time with Persona had been over. But the, the man who had written the Semester 3, who had written Marky, is now doing future Persona games. And so, for those who, who do want to get into Persona, like I said, Persona 5 Royal is on sale. But also, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden are also on sale. If you are so inclined, those games, again, are almost on every system. You know, they're not only on consoles, they're also on PCs. So, if you do want to play the Persona games, I would recommend starting off with 5 Royal and then working back to 4 Golden, and then 3 Portable. But uh, I do want to thank so many people. I do want to apologize a bit for baiting people with The Hobbit, but again, uh, if you do want to see my true opinions on The Hobbit, here are my true opinions on The Hobbit. They're not very good, and they were way longer than they should have been. So those are my opinions on The Hobbit. So for all, uh, all the Hobbit fans who tuned in, yeah, Thank you for sticking to the, uh, through the, uh, let's see, the, the 55 minutes of Persona content to hear my opinions on The Hobbit. But anyways, I just want to thank so many people, and I just want to say good night to all of you. And again, I do want to reiterate that life lesson. Life is beautiful. Life is cruel. The only thing you can do is move forward. And I also want to thank everybody for listening to this night's episode of Real Talk. I'll see you next week. My name is Rebecca Maragula, and as always, we are always rolling. you guys all enjoyed that episode of real talk for late listeners check your podcast player of choice for the full episode and make sure to follow weagle fm on instagram thank you and have a great night